Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. How are you doing today, my friend? I am doing fantastic after several months of lots of, I don't want to say busyness because it wasn't busyness, but a really full schedule. I have been able to have a bit more white space, and that has been so pleasurable and I'm enjoying it and exploring and loving it. So today I want to talk about creating the vision you want for your life. But before I go into that, we've got a couple of announcements. One is the latest happenings. So I announced it last week, but I have a special offering and it's a one-time thing. So I don't want you to miss it because it's limited. There's only 20 people that get this opportunity. And A few weeks ago, I had done some mindset practice master classes. They were great. And the follow-up that we got was people wanted, they still were struggling with some concepts and they wanted to take a deeper dive into it. So I'm going to do a workshop. It's you and me virtually. It's going to be on Zoom. It's awesome. We're going to be in this little classroom together where I'm going to be able to coach you and we're going to work on the mindset practice so you can really work on developing your own practice at home and creating your own new story and realizing where a lot of your pain and suffering is coming from and then being able to change it. So there's limited spots. I'm going to be interacting and coaching with the people in the workshop because of that. And I hope you'll join us. All right. I have a yippee skippy. I just love it when I go into iTunes and I see a review because you're giving me feedback instead of me just talking to you. I hear what you get from the show. So I want to thank Darling Darla for her going in and leaving an iTunes review. And here's what Darla had to say. Thank you, Corinne, for helping me discover and be my authentic self. Through your talks on shame, perfection, approval whoring, and so much more, I'm learning the whys and the hows of truly being who I am. An extra bonus, I'm gaining more insight into my husband and our relationship. Keep these episodes coming. Darling Darla, you can count on it. What has it been? 12 years, 13 years? It's going to be 13 years, I think, this October. I'm going to keep going. That's one of my great strengths, which can become one of my weaknesses. But I love that you are being your authentic self. I just did it. I had a coaching client, a brand new private client. And one of the things that she wants is to be authentic. And we, we delved into who she is and why does she want to be authentic? And it gets scary because it's kind of being naked. Like, okay, I'm going to stop being who I was supposed to be, who I've been told I need to be. And instead I'm going to be me. And what if people don't like me? So it's awesome to be authentic because it's so, I want to say it's freedom and it's so lightweight because you take off all that weight, all that burden of who you're supposed to be, which then ties into what I'm going to be talking about today of creating the vision you want for yourself. So darling, Darla, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have not left an iTunes review, go do that. It helps the show. So it's your opportunity to give back to the show if that's something that's important to you. And it also gives me insights into what are you getting from it? What value are you getting from it? So go do that. Awesome. Vision. 
I wonder how many people were like, creating the vision for what you want. I'm out of here. Vision is just too big of a word. It's too intimidating and I don't understand and it's not for me. Well, for those of you that stuck around, yay you, because the word vision is a word. What happens is that we have these fears and these gremlin stories in the back of our head of, oh my gosh, I have to do it right. I have to have the right answer. So here's the thing, my friend, there is no right answer and you get to change your mind and you get to even tweak your vision. Now there's some constraints around that, right? Because I do see people go like squirreling and they're like, Ooh, shiny object. Ooh, shiny object. Ooh, shiny object. And they never actually go through vulnerability to get to the other side and then evaluate. So if you've heard me talk about the aqua monsters and when I talk to them about uh, the parents, when they come and try out the swim team and there's all this anxiety and there's excitement and there's vulnerability and a whole bunch of stuff, right? It's like the ultimate shit show. And I always tell parents, you never evaluate, you know, on the drop-off, you always evaluate on the pickup. And really for practices, I often recommend, and we have a, a week trial, so three practices where they come to practice and then they don't evaluate till afterwards. And that's really, really important because sometimes kids come and they're totally excited and then they jump in the water and they're like, this is horrible right? But in the end, after three times, they start to get the swing of things. And the other part of it is that I often say is like when you sign up for a session, because the sessions typically line up with the seasons of the year. So like spring, summer, fall, winter is commit to that and then evaluate at the end. Don't evaluate in the beginning or especially in the middle when you're dog tired and you're like, Oh, I just want a day off for my life. So when you're setting this vision, we want to do the same thing. Don't evaluate on the front end because you don't know. You have a hypothesis of what it will be. And some of it will be really scary because there's so many obstacles that get in the way of the vision. And one of the obstacles is you believing in yourself, you believing that you have the capacity to have something like this. So with the vision you get to tweak it and you get to change it, but you first have to commit to it. So decide ahead of time, like what's the period of time you want to commit to. And there are different types of visions, right? That we can have. So some examples are really simple of, we just recently had mother's day and that created a lot of shit shows for a lot of people and including myself. And I'll talk about that later in the show. So here's the thing you can start planning, like, what's the vision you have for next year's Mother's Day? Like, I am much more clear after this past year of what I want to do differently next year. Maybe you want to have a vision for what do you want for your summer holiday? What do you want for maybe an upcoming Saturday where you're all alone? Like, for me to be all alone is a fantastic thing. It doesn't happen all the time. But when it does, like, what do I want to create in that space? What's the vision you have for what you want in your career? What's the vision you have for what you want in your marriage and your relationship? Maybe you're a leader in leading your company or organization. What's the vision you have in the succession plan? Now with relationships, we can go back to is what's the vision you have with friends? What kind of friendships do you want to have? As we change and age and go into these next chapter of our, our lives, things change. Like when I was in university, I loved it. We didn't have cell phones. 
And that's not why I loved it. But every day at noon, everybody just knew you went to the coffee house and you hung out in the quad and whoever would be there because if they didn't have a class conflict, we'd show up. It was awesome. I would love to have a gathering like that in my life. That doesn't happen as a 46 year old woman. I'm not walking over to a coffee house. There's not a central place for us to be. And that's changed over the different years and different life experiences that used to be at drop off or pickup for my kids at school. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. I have one left in elementary or K through 12 education and she's in high school. She gets herself there. She comes back. So what's the vision that you have for these relationships now with the constraints? What do you want to create for yourself? Who may be the people that you want to be a part of that. And when I say maybe is sometimes we get a really tight vision, but it's graspy and it's tight focus. It's a hard focus like this or else, right? And then when it doesn't happen, we make it mean that there's something wrong with us and we're bad and all of that. So it's about creating a vision with a soft focus. Now I want to go back to work. Like what's the vision you have for the team that you work with at work? Maybe you're leading the team. What's the vision that you have? Or I have some clients who are now stepping into leadership positions. They want to be a leader. What's that vision that they envisioned having? And then where do they want to take this group that they're now leading? And here's the thing. Leaders can be another trigger word, just like vision, because you can say, well, Corinne, this is great. I'm just a mom. Like get rid of the just, you're a mom, you're a leader. I'm just a teacher hello, you are a leader, right? We are all leaders, even if you don't have a title that says leader on it, because you, my friend, as the adult in your life, are the leader of your life. You get to lead this life. And I feel very fortunate to be a female in 2019, living in the country that I do, Um, and I say that with a little bit of a raised voice because of recent happenings, but still I have a lot of privilege at this time that women in the seventies didn't have. And I have a lot of privilege that women at other parts of the world just still do not have. So I do really get to be the leader of my life. And I want to invite you to really own that. To create this vision for what you want. One of the first things we need to do is we need to stop playing small. And what I mean by that is how often do you go, hmm, I'm just going to wait to see what other people want before I put it out there because maybe they think I'm an idiot or I'm going to wait for other people's approval. And if other people approve, then I'll go do it. Or you wait for other people's permission. You're like, oh, well, they need to give me permission before I can do that. So here's the thing, my friend. I've done them all. Like you don't, don't sit there on the other side of this. Maybe you're walking or you're in your car, you're working out or cooking or whatever. Maybe you're working right now and you're listening to this and all of a sudden shame is creeping up because you're like, oh no, I did that. That's the wrong answer. My friend, I did that. I can do that. And I catch myself and I'm like, wait, Corinne, whose permission are you waiting for? You are an adult in your life, you get to decide in their factors, because I'm not sole existence in my life. I'm married. I have a family. I work with people. You know, I report to people. I have a variety of things that goes on. So I'm not going through this alone. So that's where my values and my priorities come into place when I'm making these decisions. But so often I found myself like waiting for somebody's permission, somebody to choose me instead of me choosing myself. So we need to stop playing small. We need to stop waiting for what somebody else is going to do. We need to stop waiting to be found. 
we need to stop waiting for the phone call. Maybe you're waiting for the invitation to go to lunch with a friend. Call your friend. Maybe you're waiting for the invitation to go to a farm to table experience. Why not create your own? Let's stop hiding away from people's judgments. That's another way to play small. We're like, oh, see, I'm hiding away. I don't want people to judge me, so I won't put myself out there. Okay, we need to talk about this because I spend a lot of time coaching clients on this. It's a fact. People are going to judge you. It's a fact. They will. So here's the thing, my friend. So what? And I'm saying that with tremendous compassion, because remember, compassion has boundaries. So what if people judge you? What if you just let them? (laughs) I was just saying this to my enoughers yesterday in our group call. What if you just let them judge you? What's the worst thing that can happen? They can judge you. And here's the flip side. And I really learned this because I used to really be a big judger. When I judge others, there's a huge cost to me. I don't feel good. I start to feel, you know, especially if I was, went back in the day when I'd be gossipy and I would talk about this or that, and I'd feel dirty afterwards. It didn't feel good. So if people judge you, let them judge you. One is they're going to show you who they are and maybe you aren't a good fit for them. And that's okay because if not then, then somebody else. Let people judge you, be you. If it's really important to somebody Guys, sit here right now. I'm in my workout clothes. I'm wearing a a sweatshirt. My hair's up in a bun. And I can't tell you how many times I go out to dinner with my best friend and I'd be coming off the pool deck in the summer and we'd be meeting, sitting on a corner outside of Crepeville, eating dinner. She'd be decked out and I'd be like this. And that was okay because it wasn't about how did I look? It was about us showing up and being able to connect and have the conversations. Now, if I had to dress a certain way in order to maintain that relationship, it wouldn't have happened, right? Because by that point on a Friday night, I would just rather go home and go to bed than stop downtown on my way home to go eat. So when people judge you, let them, it's okay. And don't play small because people are going to judge you. People are, and you can't stop people from judging you. You can't control it. So let them. The next part after stop playing small is give yourself permission. Remember, you're the adult. We are adulting these days. We are the leaders of our lives. You get to be the boss of you. Like I have to tell people, I'm like, oh no, my husband's not the boss of me. I don't like anybody to be the boss of me. And in fact, I've raised um, two young women who don't like me to be the boss of them. Imagine that. So instead, realize that you are a grown-ass adult and be that. Own it. Like give yourself that permission. Then from there, you get to give yourself permission to ask for what you want. Because when you're creating this vision for what you want, and it could be from Mother's Day, it's not like I want this for Mother's Day and therefore you must give it to me because there's kind of a buy-in into it. And remembering that an ask is an invitation. It's never an obligation. And the other aspect of an ask is an ask is a question. It's not a demand because otherwise it's just a demand dressed up with a question mark, which is not authentic. So if you're here to be authentic, we want to keep the parameters really clear, the boundaries really clear. Give yourself permission that your insights, your thoughts, what you want matter. They not may not matter to somebody else, but they may matter to you. There are certain things like my husband has this clothing allowance that's, you know, $100 a year. This is his clothing allowance. It doesn't count as Oakley's. It doesn't count as running shoes or his shoes, but clothes aren't really valuable for him. That it doesn't work for me. 
right? It doesn't mean that I am too much or he is not enough. We just have different values and perspectives when it comes to clothes. That is okay. A long time ago, I used to think that I had to live based on what he thought was okay. And again, that was a lot of the cultural conditioning, you know, of what goes on in our society. And I just accepted it. And then one day I said, wait a second, I'm an adult. What matters for me? So give yourself permission that your insights matter, that what you want, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with what you want. Well, as long, I mean, we're talking legal, you guys, we're talking legal. We're talking that you're not um, imposing your will on another human, right? So with what you want. Now, after giving yourself permission, this part becomes really important because we think, oh, well, look, Corinne, I have stopped playing small. I've given myself permission. I've put myself out there. I've asked for what I wanted, but then people don't want to give me what I want. Well, of course, there's going to be obstacles, you guys. Anytime you have a vision, it doesn't mean that you create this vision and then this road unfolds. I like to think about the Wizard of Oz because I think that's a great metaphor for life. When Dorothy was going to see Oz and all she had to do was follow the yellow brick road and think about all the obstacles that got in the way and then the people that also joined with her. And there are going to be obstacles. Obstacles are not something that's not supposed to happen. Obstacles don't define you. Obstacles are actually the way. So let go of this idea that we aren't supposed to have obstacles, know that they're there, and then figure out how to overcome them. And part of these obstacles may be that people don't want to partake in your vision. Okay. If not them, who else? So an example of this is we used to be a really big Disneyland family and we had these annual passes and so on and so forth. Well, at some point, my husband was never a Disneyland fan. I'm totally like throwing him under the bus, but so here's, here's what he likes to tell people. He says, guess what my favorite ride is at Disneyland and people guess. And he's like, no, it's the ride home. The trip home is his favorite ride that's just him. So back in 2012, we took our kids and we hadn't been in a while, which was interesting. And we took our kids and he was like, there are fake bugs. And I'm this like five in the morning. I'm trying to take him to the airport because he had to get back to work and we were staying behind. I'm like, fake bugs. What do you mean? I'm like, he goes, that noise that they're piping in, it's fake. I'm like, of course it is. Disneyland's creating an ambiance. He's like, but it's fake. I'm like, of course it is. And at that moment, I decided he's no longer allowed to come to Disneyland. He has his views and it's not as fun and he doesn't enjoy it. We can have a great time without him. And that's okay because there are other opportunities for us to come together as a family that where we can enjoy it. And I've gotten really clear about that versus the vision of what I think or the script of how I think a family is supposed to operate. So there are other avenues that we get along and we like to do stuff. Disneyland, not one of them. He may actually become a great, fantastic grandfather going to Disneyland, but he's just over the whole Disneyland experience right now. So that's okay. That's okay. We don't need to go to Disneyland with him because we don't need his energy. So give yourself permission for what it is that you want. There's nothing wrong with what you want. He doesn't want to go to Disneyland. That's fine. That gives me information. So then I get clear about who are the people that we want to have in that space. It doesn't mean I don't love him. It doesn't mean that I don't value him. That's just not his thing. That's okay. My thing is I don't like to hike cinnamon in a big sky, Montana. That is his thing. He's totally welcome to go do that without me. All right. So after you understand your obstacles, oh, here's another aspect of obstacles is one of the big obstacles is, okay, there's the people not wanting to be a part of it. 
But there's also you not owning your own lack of clarity. Like you're not clear. You're not, you're not saying, okay, this is what I want. It's kind of like, well, this is what I want. But then you let all that other stuff, will other people approve? What will people think? You know, people aren't asking me for it. So then you get lost in the weeds. That's an obstacle. Another obstacle goes to your own lack of believing in its possibility for you. So those are two things, your clarity and your belief that you can manage and change for yourself. And you have to work on being committed to it. And then finally is this idea of feeling vulnerable. So, you know, thanks to Brene Brown, she's brought out this word vulnerability. And we're like, oh my gosh, it's like the buzzword, right? Of our century. It's like, everybody's like, oh, I want to be vulnerable. I hear it more and more on television. I hear it on podcasts. People are like, oh, I'm being vulnerable. Yeah, there's a there's the idea of being vulnerable and then there's the reality. And my friend, the reality is a shit show. Vulnerability means uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. And think about that. Where are you uncomfortable being vulnerable? Maybe it's about telling somebody how you care about them in your life. Maybe it's about asking for what you want in the work of saying, hey, this is how I can contribute or what do I need to do to be able to get a promotion in our company? vulnerability is a shit show. And there's some areas that you may not feel vulnerable in and there's others you're going to feel tremendous. So while it's this great thing of like, oh yes, I want it. My clients have so much resistance to it. And it's not because they're not smart enough or hardworking enough. It's just scary. Uncertainty, emotional exposure, risk. Like how many of you like any of those? right? Uncertainty. I was the queen of certainty. Emotional exposure. I learned how to shut down my feelings. I was like, let me, let me be who you think I need to be an approval whore and risk. I didn't want to risk anything, but vulnerability is the pathway to creating the vision you want. Now let's talk about pursuing your vision. You know, your obstacles, you understand your obstacles and that they're part of your journey and that obstacles do not mean that you're doing something wrong. Obstacles are just part of the path. So when you pursue your vision, you want to be brave. (laughs) Actually, as I'm sitting here going, no, you're saying no, Crit. I don't want to be brave. Okay. You must be brave, my friend. Be brave. There's so many times that I must be brave. Those little kids that I coach, they are brave. They're brave to swim in my group. They're brave to show up at a swim meet. They're brave to stand up in line. They are being brave, right? Be brave. And then have your own back. And what that means is be supportive to yourself. Be your own best friend. Believe in you. Think about how you would treat your best friend or a child or a loved one. Would you tell them they're a loser and they can't get it done? Would you talk to them the way that you talk to yourself? Have your own back. Say, okay, we can do this. (laughs) I can do this. I've got this. I'm strong. I'm capable. I can learn new things. I can overcome. That's what you need to do to have your own back. And I can learn new things is way better than I don't want to lose face, right? Which is one of the old stories in my head. Be willing to learn. And learn doesn't mean like, oh, I'm just going to be laissez-faire about it. Like I'm going to go through this and I'm going to learn. The people that I know that are high performers in their lives, in their careers, who have achieved this very successful state of being, they are learners. They're constantly learning. They're learning what works well and what doesn't. And they constantly are working and they're practicing. It's not that, oh, you know, they're making mistakes and it's okay. They're making mistakes and they're learning from it. They're always managing risks. 
When you pursue your vision, it's also really critical that you know your tendencies. Know how do you sabotage yourself? How do you react in fear and vulnerability? Are you a person that goes, runs away and hides? Do you create a lot of drama? Do you gladiate on yourself or onto others? Pay attention to that. Cause then when you do that, you go, Oh, look at what I'm doing. I'm ready to blow this whole thing up. Right. And the more that you can be a watcher and watch yourself from a place of curiosity and fascination, the better your ability to create and really live the vision you want. And then finally, remind yourself of your vision over and over and over. You may need to remind others over and over and over. So recently I uh, had a mother's day and I was kind of like, partly I've been so busy. I didn't really think about it. And then there was this old way of being like, Oh, I'm going to see what they're going to do for me. They can prove to me how much they love me. It's never good to test out people. You love you guys. And especially because I like things a certain way. So it's not like it's all that easy. So why not tell them what I want? Like ask them, this is what I like. And so I texted my daughters and it was interesting because I did it separately. I don't know why it wasn't a group text. I did it quickly and separately. And I said, Hey, I'd like to do this for mother's day. And I didn't hear any responses for that. I did hear responses when I texted for other stuff, which is interesting. And then what transpired the next day was kind of a bit of a shit show because they had made some other plans and I had certain expectations and we hadn't communicated very well and we had to rumble through it and it was messy and, you know, there were some hurt feelings and there was sadness. And when I say hurt feelings is that we were all in our own pain stories And what it really came down to was I didn't really care about what we did. I wanted to be with them. And this was a day that I hadn't planned on being alone. Like I wanted to be with them. And so we were able to figure out a way to come together. And it wasn't even until afterwards that I was processing it was I had a story of what I wanted, right? And when we were in that place of rumbling and asking about it and them presenting what they wanted and we had that gap, I wasn't also recognizing that the night before my youngest daughter came home and she had been gone for the day at a state championships and she came home and she's like, first thing she says is happy mother's day. And she had found this fair trade coffee that was from Thailand. And she's really wants to go to Thailand one day. And she had given that to me. And then my other daughter had made me this special gluten-free cake that she found the recipes and made from scratch for me. So they were both thinking of me, but we, it got messy because I wasn't clear with my vision in the first place. I didn't say to them, Hey, let's check in with your schedules. What is your day going to be like? Because for many years now, they've had a swim meet on Mother's Day, and I've always known that. And this is the first year we didn't have that. So it could be a different experience. So I give you that as an example is when you want to create your vision for what you want, get clear on what you want. And then there may be some negotiations. There's going to be some rumblings. There's going to be obstacles and that's okay. It doesn't mean that it can't happen. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. Just get really clear. And now as we, when we head into next year, I'm going to remember this and I'm going to work on making it better. And this doesn't mean that I'm not a good life coach or a leadership coach because there was this falling down moments. This is my friend is real life. And it's like, oh, here was an area that I haven't been clear. So as you go about thinking about the vision you want for your life, think about that. What is it that you want? Get clear on what you want before you start to engage other people on what they want, because that's a great way that we get into approval whoring or to say that here, this is what I want. And does it matter only if these other people want it? 
So whether it's your mother's day, whether it's summer travel, you know, whether it's the vision you have for the work, you know, I think about what's the vision I have and what's the work I want to do over the next six months. What's the work I want to do over the next year? What's the work I want to do over the next three years? And, and it's a vision. There's a soft focus. It's not like this tight plan of what I'm going to do because I'm not quite sure I have this vision and then I'm not sure of, you know, who will be the people in three years I'll be working with. I have a vision of where I want to go. And what I have seen is that when I've had these visions without being graspy, they unfold this way. And that's how this life that I have is here. What's the vision you have for the relationships you want to have? Start creating that vision. Who are the people you want to surround yourself with? What's the kind of energy you want to be a part of? So now it's your turn, my friend. Pick an arena, just pick one, right? I gave you different examples, but pick one right now and ask yourself this question. What do you want? And let it be a soft focus. It doesn't need to be this like crystal clear bullet plan, but what do you want? What's the vision that you have? Give yourself permission, know the potential obstacles, know that you are also going to be part of the obstacles. Be okay with the obstacles, really. So often people are not okay with obstacles. They think that they're doing something wrong when there's obstacles. I'm like, of course not. There are obstacles. And then pursue your vision, commit to it and pursue it. Absolutely pursue it. Ask for what you want. Be brave, be compassionate. Have an amount of time that you're pursuing it, like a timeline where you're saying, okay, I'm going to do this this many times, or I'm going to do this for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, and then I'll come back and evaluate. Don't evaluate going into pursuing your vision because that's when it's all a shit show. You're not going to get good data. Pursue it afterwards. So now it's your turn. You've got to go practice this to be able to create it. Go practice it. You don't have to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. There's no right answer. But this is my friend is how you create the vision for what you want. Now, if you're like, hey, Karen, this is all great. But I know one of my big obstacles is in believing that this is possible. I am my own obstacle. Believing that this is possible, then I have just the thing for you. The workshop that I'm going to be hosting in a couple of weeks, the mindset practice workshop is the place where you can take that belief that you didn't have. And we will work on creating new beliefs, new stories for you to believe in. So for the past few weeks, I've ran these master classes on the mindset practice workbook. They were an hour long. I taught the tool. People have still had questions. The feedback we got was we want more. And so this is going to be a group environment instead of just a class, instead of me, one to many, it's going to be a group where I can get to interact with the group and help you unveil this so that you really understand this tool so that you can believe in yourself and create the vision that you want. You can gain clarity in the stories that you're telling yourself, all the lies, all the negative stories that you're creating all this pain and suffering. And instead focus on what is your truth? What is it that you want to believe? And if it's about believing that, like, I'm strong, I'm capable, I'm resourceful, I can figure this out. Many of the beliefs that I've had join this workshop. 
It's going to be coming up in June. There's information in the notes and I'm limiting this workshop to 20 people. It's a live event. It's online. You don't come to Davis, California. Well, I'd love to meet you all. It's online. It's via Zoom. We're going to look like the Brady Bunch with many more squares and I'm going to be coaching you directly in the workshop and you're going to be doing the work to manage your mindset so that you can take this and develop your own practice at home because you know, I say this, it's about what do you do? Not what do you know? You have to practice. And so this is your invitation. It's never an obligation to join the workshop so you can manage your mind so that you can stop the self-sabotaging, the self-loathing, the disbelieving in yourself. And instead, help yourself create the vision for what you want by starting with the root of you believing in you and you believing in your vision. So go to the link in the show notes for details and to register for the upcoming workshop. And remember, there's only 20 spots available. Until next time, I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.